The Calf Podcast with Mo, Ziad, and Dalton. The best podcast you'll ever hear at lunch. Alright, that's episode four. And this episode four is very special because we have the first teacher to ever come on this podcast. We're breaking, we're breaking boundaries. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We have Mr. Chan. It's like MLK. I'm glad to be here, and uh, honor, I think, would be the right word. I'm honored to be here, <laughs> and I hope I'm not the last teacher. I hope this goes well. Yeah, ho- hopefully. We're trying to break boundaries, but... Sure. Yeah. Um, actually, someone from the... We're, we're getting people watching from the rural. Really? Yeah, which is crazy. There's no way they have the internet. <laughs> <laughs> it's called the rural for yeah. a reason. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they, they were... Someone told me that we should... Um, go around and say our names just so then they know who's talking and who. So I guess we'll do that first. Ziad, you good? Can... Hello, everybody. My name is Ziad Muhammad. My name is Muhammad. I'm Dalton. This guy's been munching on some potatoes for the past Dalton just minutes. took a huge drink of chocolate milk right before he introduced himself. That was an impressive recovery. And I'm, uh, I'm Mr. Chandler, I guess. I'm the special, special guest or whatever you want to say. Yeah, of course. And I just want to say that a lot of people asked for you to be on the podcast. So like, is that like a setup? Like is like, like I don't know. Like, like it, I mean, reality like, shows. <laughs> We're basically here to make you look awful. Well, yeah. I can do that all by myself, <laughs> so it's really easy. We, I did like this poll thing on Instagram of okay. who who should which teacher should be on on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. Just to like get some audience input, and a lot of people asked for you. Like, <laughs> like the eight percent. It was crazy. <laughs> the other ninety two was like nobody. Yes, yeah. stop. <laughs> But, but no, we were talking about, even before we did the poll, we were talking about getting you on the show. And, oh, cool. uh, Thanks, yeah, guys. and like Dalton said, we're here to make you look bad. And, Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Easy. And, and I, I don't know, we, at first we wanted to get Mr. McDonald on for, as the first guest. Sure. But the, what happened was, as you know, we McAdam. asked him in... Uh, McAdam? Mr. McAdam. My oh, right. Son. Apologies to Mr. McAdam. He was too expensive. Yeah, yeah, he, was, yeah, he does have a huge retainer. It's crazy. Yeah, and <laughs> and just I I kind of felt, yeah, it's it sucks how you know I I even talked in the last episode like how we can't meet up with him just because of the 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 filter that he has to put on. Sure. Yeah, as a principal, um, what do you what do you think of that? Like, what, that certainly like that makes sense to me, especially for someone in Mr. McAdams' position, right? He is the principal, he is the representative of the school. So there has to in his position and in my position too, different though, because you know, I'm we would say I'm a frontline kind of person, right? I'm seeing students for sometimes five days a week. Um, and so there's there's definitely more of a connection, more of a personal thing, but I, I get that Mr. McAdam would ha- or any principal or administrator would have to have that. Same as if you went to work in a business, right? Like the CEO has to have some sort of filter in between you and the employee. Uh, but I think a lot of goodness comes from like having these conversations and building up relationships and appropriate connections to students, and that that's something that's difficult in his position. Exactly, and I and I agree like one hundred percent because normally like uh, I was talking to Mister Sealy about this, and I was saying how you know there's something as students we get these teachers. Um, I don't know. I, <laughs> I want to like break break boundaries, but I don't know how far <laughs> how far we should break those boundaries. But there, are, in our perspective, obviously, you probably know we have these teachers that we would characterize as they care about their job, right. and these teachers that they don't care about their job. Why do, Why do you think that comes up, 
How do you think that generates? I think that that's not just a teaching thing. That's like every job okay, kind of thing, yeah. right? Like yeah, I can so. walk into a restaurant and pretty quickly tell like who cares about their job and who's like, <laughs> oh, I'm here for a paycheck. And unfortunately in education and in, in any job, you're going to have people who are just coming in, clocking in and <laughs> clocking out and that's that. And uh, I don't think there's any rhyme or reason to it. There are some days where I'm like, I did not do a good job today. Like I can go home and self-reflect and be like, Chandler, you need to up your game. Um, you went in there and you did not, I, I'm not changing lives every day, but like, yeah. did I move the stick forward? Oh, and there I, are days where I'm like, no, I, I didn't. What I'm curious, how do you characterize like a good teaching day? I usually like, like I, I look for those aha moments, those days where the students leave and they're like, the heads are held high. I've said something that made them feel good or that like, not even that they've learned something or they've used their skills to demonstrate something, something new where I'm like, yeah, like that kid got it today. He didn't have it before, but he's got it now. Or like this person really struggled and they struggled just a little bit less today. Doesn't mean they didn't change their life, but we just moved that needle a little. And to me, that's a good day. And if I go home on a day where I'm like, I think they went back a little bit. Like I stood up there and talked for 75 minutes or, you know, my lesson wasn't engaging or it didn't work, then I like to have that critical reflection as a teacher every day kind of on the drive home blare some M&M and write some new rhymes and but yeah I think that's one part of like caring about your job is like to be able to reflect on it like what do I do differently next time not just say like this is what I'm going to teach every year and then I'm going to retire when I'm 60. Yeah I think that the worst thing you could do is like let's say you don't like your job um, to kind of take this approach of putting the minimal effort into your job. Sure. Because let's say you put a little bit more effort, you'll probably enjoy your job a little more or a lot more, right? Absolutely. You get what you give. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I feel like like for people that just clock in and clock out, I feel like they're missing out a lot on just like satisfaction opportunities. Absolutely. Yeah. And, but I, I feel like some people put themselves in that position though. Sometimes like the clock in, clock out situation. Like, like the... You know, you know how like recently in the internet, like there, there are the people that are like, oh, don't work. Are you okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you are destroying that burrito. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, is that a burrito? It's like a, they call it the Srack chicken. It's like the cafeteria today. God. It's like chicken, bacon, and cream cheese, I think. I don't know. <laughs> I don't like cream, cream cheese. cheese. I don't know. That's my favorite ingredient. Yeah, I don't know cream <laughs> cheese. <laughs> yeah, but before I say anything, man, the cafeteria food is on the topic of education. They need to educate themselves on how to make food because that is... They are nice people. They're great. They're, okay, yeah. But I, I have to say, yeah, they are nice people. Great ladies. A private, you, you expect a private company that has their food here to be at least... That's a private company? Yes. Yes, the school yeah, hires yeah. them to, to come here and, and hire food and, and sell food. Wow. And it's crazy expensive. Yeah. Like... Just start with the kids. Make them work harder. <laughs> we take all the nutrition out of the food and then they're super docile we'll turn the heat up in the classroom so they're too warm to actually do anything it's, exactly. it's all part of the plan it just evens the like the playing field you know yeah exactly yeah. I mean there's like 30 of you and only one of me yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> but yeah I, as I was saying some people put themselves in that 9 to 5 position sure. like clock in clock out like I, recently you see on TikTok like oh you need to stop that 9 to 5 Man, you gotta get into that drop shipping game. Yeah, get out of the yeah. matrix. Yeah, get out of the matrix. Yeah. Episode two. Episode two reference. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> don't don't let me date myself here, but is there? There's also a trend called quiet quitting, right? Oh, yeah. You're, you're still doing yes. your job, just not really. Oh, yes. my my, my girlfriend did that. <laughs> Where's she working at? No, in our relationship. Oh, oh my god. <laughs> 
Oh, gosh. <laughs> Jigelly Wiz Dalton. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I guess, like, there's a similar theme there, right? Kind of, like, the idea of, like, you're still putting in FaceTime, but you've kind of dropped the effort. I mean, oh, unfortunately, yeah. in your relationship, but, like, people are doing it in their jobs. Ex-relationship. <laughs> Dalton dot scales on Instagram and Snapchat. <laughs> oh, my God. You still have MySpace? No, no, no. no I don't either. I don't either. Never mind. It's fine. <laughs> So for anyone that doesn't go to Colonel Gray, Mr. Chandler, like you gotta look at him, look at your favorite teacher and then imagine Jesus, but not like actually Jesus, just like the the white person idea of Jesus with the beard and the long hair. Um, Just a glorious man, he's a great guy. Every classroom, every time I go to his class, he, I come out feeling more rejuvenated like in a like a genuine like personal sense like i'll go in all tired after all my other classes he's more of an open-minded this is leading to a question by the way i'm not just uh no i keep going with the compliments <laughs> yeah. this can be the rest of the podcast yeah he's like you you go into the class he's not he's not like a traditional teacher i mean he's a traditional english teacher because most english teachers are just really cool and have a more creative idea I, of class i beg to differ but really like the you know like the reason like you, english teachers they're if you look on TikTok, there's a lot of TikToks that are like, oh, English teachers, uh, which are, um, I guess, there's like this, um, what, what did you, what did you, what do you call it? Like, um, man, it's, it's not coming in my, like a uh, stereotype. There we go. Like there's a stereotype that all English teachers are female. Therefore, like. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> and that, <laughs> and that like. And like, oh yeah, and they like like all the all the hockey, like boys, all the boys, or, or all the girls, but they don't like the boys, so there's like this kind of thing, and they only mark you good if they like you. That's why I kind of beg to differ with. Well, but all male English teachers are cool. All females are... <laughs> no, dangerous tread, ground, boys, dangerous ground. I need to tread carefully where I'm talking, so yeah, I'll let yeah, you take no, over. No. Every English teacher I've personally had at this school, in um, uh... Queen Charlotte was a little different. There were some good ones, like Mr. Phelan, but I know at this school, I haven't had, ever had Mr. B, but I've only had, heard good things about him. Mr. Chandler and Miss Stetson both uh, treaded the same way. They're both great uh, creative teachers. And Mr. Petrie, he was, uh, he was whenever I was in pre-IB, he was just a joy to be with. He's mm-hmm. our vice principal now. But Mr. Chandler, whenever, um, you know how uh, newer teachers or substitutes are more timid with their class? Of course. Was there ever a time that you were not the same teacher that you are today? You were more of a do it by the book, like, just go to class, like, do your nine-to-five type? Certainly, I would say when I started out, like, my trajectory to being here in front of you today was not one of, like, oh, I went to school and walked into a job, and I've been in it for 13 years. Like, I was actually talking about this today with other teachers. Like, I grinded out for nine years on contracts, and I taught everything from CEO to crafts to theater to English. Like, there was, if you could teach it and it wasn't math or science, I probably taught it. And I think doing that, I learned a lot about myself as a teacher. And I realized, and this is like, not to get too deep into like philosophy, but my pedagogy, my belief in education is kids will learn when you show you care about them and you give them a reason to care about the things they're learning. Mm -hmm. And like at the end of the day, if you can do that, you'll have successful classes. And that's kind of like the philosophy I have in the back of my head at all the times. And I know my strongest part as a teacher is simply using my personality. It's, this is just who I am. And yeah, for a long time, Dalton, to answer your question in a roundabout way, there was definitely a filter on there because I didn't know who I wanted to be in a class. Yeah. I think I always trended toward the creative stuff because I was lucky to teach like theater arts and English and writing, uh, the history of music I got to teach. So creative content bred more creativity in who I was. 
So it's kind of like the last three or four years, I've kind of felt very comfortable who I present myself as in a classroom, both with your education and both, you know, kind of how I, I treat my students. Yeah, I think an English teacher is a, like, the, out of all the things you could teach, I think English is probably one of the best things for you. CEO, it's like the same type idea, more of a, you need this class to graduate, but if you don't try your hardest, then that's on you. Mm-hmm. I think like it's better like you can have like the sort of same mindset with CEO, but with English, it's um since we're in grade twelve, everyone here realized we do need this class. Yeah. You are there. You you focus more on the like end of the day. Like hey, did this student get that aha moment? Did they really advance as a person, not just as an English learner? Yeah. Um, I like that a lot because. At the end of the day, in like 10 years, my English mark's not going to matter, but who I am as a person, what I learned, what my, uh, like, what the impact you left on me to become the best I can is just as important, even if not more important. And I think how you really go about, hey, like, I'm going to make this fun, this class fun for them. I'm going to try and teach them about themselves as a person and teach them about English as well. I think how you do it and why you do it is great. I appreciate yeah, that. And yeah. that that's not something that like I, I read in a book that's like a decade of figuring it out. Yeah. See, and and I, I think that's that's important is time. Exactly. Time makes everything. And and I think that it's not teaching is nothing that you can get out of a out of a book. And mm-hmm. and again, like it, I th- I wish more teachers were treading that in the path that you're taking because uh, you know the saying it takes a village to raise a child. Mm-hmm. Or like it takes to raise a baby, it takes a whole community. Of so course, if yeah. school if school was more about a place where they develop you as a person, not only in those subjects like English, math, and science, but they develop you as a person for later years. Uh, I think that will be more, like you said, more adult and more long-lasting and more uh, effective. Um, Episode one. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Go back and watch episode one. This is what that was all about. I I don't think... um, I've ever had a student come to me and be like, hey, Mr. Chandler, remember that time you taught me that writing lesson? That was crazy. <laughs> yeah. Kids don't remember largely what you teach them, but they remember how you made them feel. Mm-hmm. And if you can make them feel positive and educate them at the same time, then like to me, that's like that's the holy grail. And I'm not going to, I'm not here patting myself on the back saying I'm perfect. I have bad days just like everybody else. You folks have bad days. And it's being able to be conscious and have those relationships. Be like if Dalton was having a down day, I'm like, all right, man. It's a bad day today. We'll get out of tomorrow. Like, if you need to take the day, then like, that that's one day in the grand scheme of things isn't going to matter a whole lot if it helps you develop towards the end goal. Mm-hmm. I personally love how you teach. I know. Do you want to say something, Zach? No, no, you go ahead. I just as a quick thing. Um, just with me as a student, I would. My mom is calling me. Um, I would like if you just push me. This is like, like just a classroom. No, I'd like if you push me to not be on my phone as much because mm-hmm. I know you are like. Hey, like it's his education. If he wants to do this, let him. Um, for me, I'm on my phone too much, and I realize that. If you mm-hmm. can just go to me and say, Dalton, like, give me the phone, or like, even if just like put it away, that would be great. I'm gonna go uh, get talk. some money for my rugby merch for my mother. I'll be right back. Do it. Right. Uh, and that's the. And sorry, you, what were you gonna say? Um, I'm right just here. gonna ask you. So English is one of those like skills that it's not you know it's different than math right because it's teaching you life skills that i think everybody can benefit from even mm-hmm. if you're not looking into doing like an english major or sure of course um so is there anything you could do outside of school if you want to improve your english skills yeah um so in addition to uh, kind of how i got into teaching uh, like a permanent contract was teaching english as a second language to immigrants and newcomers 
And I say the same thing to them as I would say to a grade 12 English student. If you want to improve your literacy, you want to improve your communication, all that, you need to read. And probably people don't want to hear that, but like reading is the best way to advance your literacy, your writing is to have that. And I'm not saying like go home and read classic novels, <laughs> not go home and read through some Shakespeare, <laughs> like go home and read a book you enjoy or watch a TV show with captions on, read the newspaper. Like a lot of folks will say your generation is not as literate as others. And I 100% disagree. And it's because of technology, right? Yeah. yeah, you might be on TikTok, but you're also getting all your news on your phone. You're reading social media updates. Like that takes a degree of literacy. It's just different than how people are used to. And every generation exposes literacy in a different way, right? Mm-hmm. I remember it was a big thing when I was in school, like graphic novels, that's not really reading. And now we're like, graphic novels have three. I, you want them, take them all, pal. Same with audiobooks. Audiobooks were like, hush, hush, when I went to school, like, here's an audiobook, shh, don't, don't tell anyone I gave this yeah. to you. Yeah. Now in class, I'm like, audiobook the best way you read? Let me get you a free one. Let's go down to the library and get you one. Like, wow. that's that's just, we need to adapt to how students learn. And I mean, again, I'm kind of, kind of in a, I'm very round, but you can ask Stalton. It takes me forever to answer a question. Um, but like, coming back to it, like, literacy, it's practice. Right? You wouldn't play rugby without going to practice. You wouldn't play any sport without going to practice. So you need to have that element in there. And because it's a transferable skill, it's important right across the board. It doesn't matter if you do business, education, uh, whether you're stocking shelves at Superstore, like whatever your career path is, you're going to need literacy in some way. Yeah, but I did not know audiobooks were such a hush-hush thing. Yeah, when I went to school, like, <laughs> you're also on CDs. <laughs> Here's audiobook number one. And they were like, no, okay, you can have the ticket home, though. Don't, <laughs> don't let anybody know I gave you the 20-hour version of this book. <laughs> wink, wink, nod, nod. And now it's like, I mean, I listen to audiobooks, and I'm, I would say I'm a fairly prolific reader, and I absolutely love audiobooks and podcasts, ironically. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, when I'm home, I have an earbud in all the time listening to something. So I, I think it's just as valid as the printed page. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I think like podcasts are the new, are the new thing, honestly. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah, and like that's um, I don't know. It feels like kind of like an old way to communicate because normally, like if you, I don't know what like an equivalent to a podcast is a YouTube video, and that's but the thing is that's different because with a podcast you're recording a conversation mm-hmm. and that's like but with YouTube video you know you're planning it. And I don't know, it just feels like... It's a, a little staged for you to... You know yeah, I mean? it's a little staged, but I feel like yeah. I feel like even then, like, a podcast is an old... It's It looks like an old... Uh, if, if I could connect it back to, like, radio interviews... Yeah, that's, that's, that's what I... That's except what I, they largely were recorded. I mean, sometimes they were, sometimes they weren't. But yeah, like, this is how you used to interview musicians or rock stars or celebrities or authors. Is you have a round table and you sit down and you can only catch it from 7 to 9. Yeah. And after that, it disappears in the ether. But like with this, this is recorded for you know for whatever purposes. Yeah, exactly. I think it's great because it gives everybody a platform. Like no matter who you Absolutely. are. Absolutely. Like for example, there's a podcast by Draymond Green, who's an NBA yeah. player. Yeah, yeah. So um, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna like shout him out because he hasn't really sponsored our no podcast. No sponsorship. Yeah, yeah, we don't want to we don't want to help out the small creators. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, um, but I, what I was gonna say is that. You, for those NBA guys or basically any sports, the media, you know, heavily influences how we look at them, mm-hmm. and, and the media is a lot of the times it's false, right? It's it's giving news that are false. But when somebody like him has a podcast and they can talk about like, he can invite like other NBA players over and they can talk about things that they actually deal with. It's like a really interesting insight, I think. Absolutely, exactly. Yeah, yeah. and like the the 
the uh, the ease in which I just downloaded an app, set up a podcast on App Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Like that, it, it didn't even take an effort. And like, as an IB student, I have, I don't really have that much time, but it didn't take like an inch of my time. Like it, it was so effortless. Yeah, it gives absolutely everyone a platform. Ever heard of uh, Theo Vaughn? No. You never heard of Theo Vaughn? No. Great no. guy. He is an inspiration to me and many more. He's basically this this uh you probably you probably see him. You just don't know his name. This sure. re- redneck podcaster. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 I think he is hilarious. Sure, sure. He is. He's what I try and be on this podcast without uh <laughs> getting too much trouble. But he's he's a funny guy. That's yeah. The thing I don't, I don't know if the the does the school have any restriction to us like saying any bad words in here. I like, mean, at the end of the day, it's your podcast. Is, is it sponsored by the school? I don't know. I'm not going to say any bad words because I don't know any. Yeah. <laughs> like, shooting heck would be as bad as I get. Gosh darn it. Yeah. <laughs> nailed, I nailed that, just so you're aware. Just anyone listening out there, I nailed it. I think, I think we're a little far past the relationship with the school after episode one. We sort of just talked yeah. bad about their whole system. And now we have teachers on to support that, right? I... <laughs> <laughs> No. Uh, <laughs> I think most teachers would be smart enough to know that our education system is not perfect and you have to work within that. Um, certainly, I think part of being in education is being critical about how things work around you. Um, for instance, yesterday I was, I was not here because I was at PD and we were doing uh, how to implement more Indigenous writing and reading into our classrooms. And I'm like, that is so valuable to have a voice there, right? Not just have a day off in September. Um, and I'm like, this is this is an example, an instance of us moving in the right direction as a system. I'm not saying like that the system is still perfect, right? There are mm-hmm. things I don't agree with personally. I'm not gonna say those things, <laughs> but like, I think some of them are kind of antiquated, out of date, not things that are, are encouraging learning. And at the end of the day, if we're not moving forward on learning, then I don't know what we're doing. Yeah, and I, I that's, yeah, like Dalton said, we I think we're kind of crossed the bridge on the fact that if we can make any uh, friendly relations with the school after episode one, yeah, I mean, again, we're using their equipment, their rooms, and everything, <laughs> but at the same time, we, and their employees, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, like, do you do you think yourself? Do you think of yourself as a as an outcast because of the system that you use to teach? Because because. I don't know, as students, we can tell who's kind of like, uh, has a more... Who's more clouded in the school, I don't know teacher-wise. I don't know. <laughs> well, what I meant to say was... <laughs> was not on TikTok, I don't know I'm sorry. What I meant to say was kind of like antiquated, like you said, like sure. more, more, um, more, more, more like a link to the old school methods type of uh, teaching. Do you, is there kind of like a, is there kind of like a party faction here where it's like you there's like a faction of people who are more and liberal and people who are more conservative in their teaching methods? I, I wouldn't, <laughs> that, that's a wonderful question. Um, I would say there's even times when I'm still a little old school in my methods and sometimes I'll teach something or I'll give an assignment. I'm like, why are you still doing that? Like... <laughs> You did that in 2002 when you graduated. Like, like you need to reshape that. And again, it goes back to that critical thought. But and do I feel like an outcast or an outlier? No, I really, in all honesty, I don't. Um, maybe in my delivery, but that's my personality. That's yeah. just how I talk and how I act. 
Um, but like, no, I feel very, especially in the English department. In fact, uh, our department head, Mr. B, was saying this other day. He's like, I don't know if we've ever had such a strong English department all the way through, where everyone's kind oh, of firing wow. on the same cylinders, everyone's coming up and sharing ideas. And like, and that's what it should be. It shouldn't be like, I sit in my class and I do my thing and I, this is what I think English is. Like, I can get stuff from other teachers and be like, oh, okay, I see. Oh, you're doing like that? I never thought of that. That's brilliant. Did it work? It did? Okay, right? Yeah. Having that openness and being able to say like, I didn't do it great. Here's a better way is absolutely critical. But no, I don't feel, I don't feel like an outlier. And I spent a lot of my life feeling like an outlier in other facets of my life. Like when I was in high school, I still had long hair. I wore heavy metal t-shirts. I had like spikes and stuff. Like I was a little like dirty heavy metal kid who was like in calculus and advanced bio. And like <laughs> teachers would look at me and be like, what's this dirtbag doing in here? And then I'd rock like a 99 in like advanced bio. And they're like, all right, well you can stay yeah. <laughs> right um but no like i feel like we're definitely getting more progressive in this school and i, I think that's positive for, for both you folks and for the people who come after as long as we keep progressing into new new methods and new ideas mm-hmm. yeah exactly that's you, you used to be a metal, metal kid i'm still I'm like in my heart i'm still a metal <laughs> kid i just don't i don't have my slayer shirt on today so uh still there's no lot of heavy metal yeah yeah no regrets. <laughs> no regrets. <laughs> so I have a super random question that yeah, I've been please. waiting forever to ask you. Yeah, yeah. So this is a long time ago, but remember last year the student versus teacher basketball game? I do, yes. Yeah, I remember because um, it, it is a core memory for me now. Yeah, I think the same for me. Like seeing you hit those one-handed three-point shots. Where, where did that come from? <laughs> okay, that, what an awesome question. I was kind of hoping that would come up. Um, I, I played basketball poorly from grade 7 to 10 and then realized I was never going to get taller than like the liver king at five foot seven (laughs) (laughs) sorry Um, so I stopped playing because like I was just being dwarfed it was just awful Um, but I I always did foul shots that was always like my role whenever there was an open foul shot and I played a lot of horse at home with my brother in 21 and like eventually it just kind of adapted like I was like my right hand's doing nothing like it's not bouncing the ball and I found I got better accuracy with one hand so it was a learned behavior that no one ever corrected like my junior high coach was like you're shooting with one hand but there's not much we can do here (laughs) and they just get those points yeah like if you were if I was playing like a legit game I would probably like do the two-handed shot but I would miss them all. Yeah. But when I shoot with one hand, like I don't know, there's just something that clicks in my brain. It's like, you good boy, go ahead. <laughs> I also play baseball and softball too, so I'm used to just the one hand throwing, right? So this hand's way like you cut off my right arm and I'd be like, well, I'll miss my tattoo, but other than that, like, <laughs> I don't know where I'm gonna put my watch. Wow. Yeah. yeah, so it's it's a weird learned behavior. Uh, and I make no apologies for how awkward it looks. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's awesome. I've actually been training since grade six to play in this year's student versus teacher basketball game <laughs> and it got canceled unfortunately so it got canceled twice twice oh, yeah wow. i was i missed it last year because i wasn't really aware of it but this year um they canceled it this year? yeah i guess so i was talking to julie about that yesterday it was two two storm days yeah. we yeah. had two storm oh. days in a row. one right before the end of christmas then we rescheduled in january and we had another storm day Basically, so they just said, like, all right, we give up. They're like, <laughs> you know, obviously this place is cursed, which is great because I've been packing on a lot of weight to try to really, like, slow myself down because I feel oh, bad yeah. for whooping you so bad. I get that. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I just really love craft dinner, so yeah. <laughs> it works out really well for me. Yeah. No, like, I, um, it's basically the teachers were just scared and they... Terrified. Since they work in a government yeah. corporation, they paid the government to give storm days on the days that we were supposed to battle it out. I'm not going to say you're wrong. Because you're right. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, like, and 
you bring up that as, as a random question, but like there's another great instance to play into what you're doing with this podcast is to break the barriers down to have a different, like to have a basketball game against the teachers. That's so cool. And I'd love to see more of that. Mm-hmm. I'd like to see like a series of teachers versus, right? Yeah. So one month you have a teachers versus student basketball game. The next time you have a chess game or you have a rock band that. thing or like something mm-hmm. that engages the school community with the students and the teachers. Like the better we are as a community, the better we are as a school. Exactly. Just put a chess board in the middle of the gym and have like the whole school around it. Everybody's a chess piece. I was just looking at that, yeah. <laughs> like, Man, I saw the queen gamut and this is just as intense <laughs> I was thinking like young Sheldon there's a episode where he was doing his parents taxes and there was the um, I forget who it was but like the tax attorney or something was with him and they they're like saying how instead of like taxes might be boring for the viewer so they're gonna do it in the best way of combat and they did chess and they explained oh it like that That's I was thinking it could be something like that like we could do it on the podcast just us play chess and have Muhammad and or whoever's not playing just be there to like uh Sort of spectate and commentate, commentate on the game. On the game yeah. <laughs> He's going for the rook. Oh, oh. <laughs> I would even know. Like I would be so. I'm so bad at chess. I was just like, and he's moving the piece, and he seems pleased with that. <laughs> uh, and now the guy with the white piece is going, and he's knocked one down. Oh, oh. let's see where that leads to. <laughs> It'd be the best worst thing you've ever heard. But chess is actually getting a really popular kind of yeah yeah, and and that's the only thing is is that like. During junior high, grade eight, nine, I used to play chess like like. It, Dalton's laughing right now, but it's it's actually kind of sad because I would I would play chess and I and it, I'd play like competitive. I'd I'd sure. buy books, like study them. Wow. Like it was a it was like I was a sweat in, in every definition of the word, like and I'd go to like tournaments and my idea was like I need to win and like at school no one played chess so like they were like oh what what are you doing, but then now like I I stopped that kind of like chess phase. Or at least like I barely I barely play chess anymore, yeah. and then everyone's playing chess. I'm like, why? Why did yeah. this face happen when I was actually in competitive? Prime, like, you know, you were ahead of your my, time. In my yeah. prime, I was yeah. Wow. But yeah, no. But I'm so happy it's getting like a so because even the people that I don't expect to play yeah. chess. Shout out to Maxwell who's playing chess and he's he's <laughs> <laughs> he's he's actually doing amazing. I did not expect. No offense to Maxwell. I didn't. <laughs> I should not have said. No, I did not expect it. <laughs> Someone whose name backtrack. rhymes with Maxwell. Maxwell <laughs> nailed it. Let's backtrack here. I did not expect. Some people I did not expect to play chess, and that's just something so great. And I think it's just it's actually you know shout out to the people who who are on Twitch and who promote that's that's uh, I, I guess I'll call it sport. Yeah. They sure. yeah, it's it's a really mental sport. And people see it as this like elite, elite game, elite competition yes. that only only the really intelligent people could play. And now not. it's opened up. Yes. So I get what you're saying. Like you're surprised that this Maxwell fellow, which is I, as chess a name as you can get. Oh, here comes Maxwell. <laughs> He's got the rook, right? Like it's it's more yeah. open to I don't want to say everyday people, but it's more open to society. It's not just like the intelligent elite who can mm-hmm. study chess books 12 hours a day playing mm-hmm. it's like you can play it on an app and learn through that exactly i think that's great anything think, that boosts mental confidence yeah in. exactly i don't think like I, and i think like even before the chess fad happened like it's you can just open any book and study for yourself like and that goes for anything you can teach yourself anything at this age mm-hmm. um chess included like i there's there's places where you can pirate books. I'm not going to list the website so the school doesn't block it on the, the Wi-Fi. So, <laughs> so, so there's websites that you can go to that you can pirate books, any any book that you want, and you can learn anything. And I think that's just so amazing. And with chess, 
it just takes practice and stuff and it's just such a fun sport because like whenever you're calculating like a like a move like 10 moves ahead and it actually happens and you're like sitting in the ch- sitting in the desk and like oh, oh. <laughs> <Big dopamine. laughs> so satisfying like goosebumps and everything <laughs> it's very like satisfying and I feel like it's addicting too just because sure. it's so easy to improve mm-hmm. and then now with the fact that there's like apps like I I love chess but whenever I was younger um, when apps weren't like as popular I didn't I couldn't find anybody to play with and if I did they were usually either like a lot worse than me or a lot better than me mm-hmm. but now with like chess software like chess.com yeah, you're always paired with people that are like your level around and then the there's like a rate yeah around the world there's like a rating so you're always seeing if you're like improving or or uh, decre- digressing yeah, super cool. so it's 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 i feel like it's kind of addicting to be honest yeah, yeah. i think uh worst thing you could be addicted to than chess <laughs> yeah like like checkers oh um, yeah. i think next um episode we should do a video podcast and it's just chess boxing me and mr chandler that's no. <laughs> that would be awesome. That's whenever you take a piece, you just get to take a punch at the guy. And yeah, that's hard. No. Uh, Sorry. It's all good. It's all good. You want to join in on the podcast? Do you want me to? You can say hi if you want. Okay, sure. Hello. I love how you leaned in to do that. Yeah. <laughs> that's great. We call that a seamless transition, everybody. Just yeah. To make sure yeah. Man, it's twelve twenty-five. Time flies when you're having fun. Yeah, it really does. Man, I wish like this can go on for longer than the uh, lunch. Yeah, lunch yeah. period. I feel like um, this podcast didn't have much of a direction. It was more of just a discussion about everything. And I think we should uh, have Mr. Chandler on here again in the future to actually talk about important things. For sure, yeah. Like hit me up season two. Yeah, like for yeah, sure. do it up. Yeah. I uh, I really enjoyed it. And I really I appreciate you folks having me on here and uh, getting to have these conversations. It's not something I've ever got to do. So um, and my wife was like, "Can I listen to the podcast?" I was like, "No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to do that." And again, like we're breaking boundaries. You can get close to your teacher, whoever's listening, and us too. That way, you can you know get to know them on a personal level. And I hope that more teachers follow in your footsteps, yeah, and that way we. Can, yeah, I have nothing but, good, nothing but good things to say about the experience. And uh, it just kind of as a final note for me, like in high school, I didn't know my teachers at all. Like, And when you got that one little nugget from them about like their personal life, you were like so engaged with them. Like that, yeah. that caught your attention for a day. I remember my English teacher, I forget what grade it was, told us that on her caller ID, her kids had changed her mother's name to who farted. And I was like, oh my god, like, really? You have kids? They know what fart jokes are? Oh my gosh. And like, I was, I was, like, I bought in after that. Like, I was yeah. with her, and all it took was that little personal nugget. Yeah, and again, like, if, if all it takes is just that personal, like, contact, yeah. imagine what a podcast and, like, a 30 minute conversation can do. So I think this podcast can have, like, a lot of good effects and stuff like that. And uh, again, like, we're, Breaking boundaries, making moves. And Joe Rogan has nothing on us. Yeah. Who? Theo yeah. Vaughn. Yeah. Who? <laughs> Who is that? Theo Vaughn. Has, has did he invent so Rogan? Yeah. <laughs> and again, like, Theo Vaughn's our inspiration and uh, our um, uh, mentor and our uh, great spirits. We need to have that uh, the calf after after hours or something so we can just talk about oh, Theo Vaughn. Yeah. Like, I want to. <laughs> we can try to get him on here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and we're actually talking about getting a sponsor from Domino's Pizza. There you I go. might be too ambitious. Do you Basically. think that'll happen? I think I think the world is your oyster. I think or sweaty meaty pizza. Yeah, <laughs> it's basically we just uh, get um, free pizza for yeah. eat during. Yeah, and then yeah. show the promo. Show yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's yeah. what we're thinking. Man, if only you knew someone Dalton who owned a restaurant. 
That would be crazy. Yeah. Um, I hear Mez is opening shop for now. Really good. <laughs> probably. I think I think I've actually had a shawarma from there. Great. Thanks for paying it was, bills. Very, it was very good. It was actually really good. You guys need more um, more garlic aioli on it though. More garlic, yeah. Yeah. Always I, more garlic. I, I feel like um, my mom said it was more of a intro- introduction for white palates. Just to try out uh, shawarma. <laughs> so whenever I had it, it was a very good shawarma. I don't like tomato. There was tomato on that. Yeah, you should sure, know that sure. next time. Just yeah, sure, yeah you got to show it. A lot, a lot more garlic. It was actually very good though. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Uh, is, I, I have nothing to do with the restaurant. Also, <laughs> your <laughs> wife's doing the things. Is there an Arab guy making the shawarma? Because that's that's a crucial part of the. That's it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, everybody, whoever the corporate team is, they're all they're all Lebanese. It's all original, authentic stuff. Okay. So. Okay. Yeah. And that's my ad for the day. Um, where do I get my check from? <laughs> just, no, okay. Well, guys, it's this is a really special episode. And again, thank you, Mr. Chandler, oh, for no, coming I, on. The, I really enjoyed it, guys. Coming on the show. And uh, yeah, again, we're breaking uh, third, for the third time. We're breaking boundaries. Teachers, please, uh, please promote this to, you, to other teachers in the staff room. Like, Absolutely. Start, start a whole like gossip circle. Yeah, you guys are like <laughs> talking right. crap about the students, just putting a good word for us. Yeah, putting a good I word. Have <laughs> just sneak the microphone up. Uh, do go on. <laughs> well, yeah, guys. Um, again, stay tuned for our other episodes. We have who? Samuel and Thea. Yes. On? Yes. Oh, nice. Going to be from the awesome. from the yeah, newsies. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's going to be. Can't really, wait to do that one. Really going to be really exciting. Yes, guys, stay tuned, please. Thanks for watching. Thanks for watching. This is where the music comes in. Yeah, they're, they're not watching. They're, they're uh, th- thanks for listening. Uh, yeah, and again, like you still did pretty good there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is where the music comes in, and then yeah, and then all right. Yeah. See you guys.